Do you worry a lot? Do you lack peace in your life? In this video, I'm going to give you five ways on how you can defeat worry in your life. But before I get into my first point, let me make sure I address those who's watching me for the very first time. My name is Joshua, as he also known as Coach Josh, and I'm here to help you make sense of your life. I hope you, after you watch this video, after you caught the vibe, you're like, man, this guy really breaks these things down very well. I would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to my channel so I can be your life coach online. But for those who's watching me, uh, who always watch me, who always already subscribe, uh, as y'all come in and then live feed, make sure you let me know what city, what state you're coming from. Comment below if you're watching later, letting me know what you got from this video. But let's get right into my first point. Again, we're going to be talking about five ways on how to defeat worry. Worry is a major thing in our world today. A lot of people are overly consumed with anxiety. And my purpose for this video is to help you defeat worry every single time you feel it coming in in your life. But our main thought is this. Worrying is offensive to a God who can do anything. Worrying is offensive to a God who can do anything. We'll elaborate on this a little bit later, but remember this main thought. Let's get right into the problem. The problem is this. Many people are being worn down by worry. They are carrying weights only God can carry. Many are setting themselves up to worry due to misplaced worship and working out of order. Let's break that down some more. Many people are being worn down by worry, meaning they are worrying about things in life and it's wearing them down over time. They are being worn down by worry. They are also carrying weights only God can carry. There are certain things in his life that only the divine can carry. We as humans were not built to carry things that only God can carry. That's why God created this system. He created this world. He created us for us to uh, relate with him and for us to engage with him because he knew, he knows that there are certain aspects of life in this fallen world that mankind cannot carry. And so it is our responsibility to engage with God and in relation with him, allow him to carry what he can only carry. But the issue is in this fallen world, we are more consumed with our ability. We negate God's ability and or we just don't want to obey him. So we do what we want to do. But that sets us up to be worn down by worry because there are only certain things that God can carry. That's why the word is very clear about us casting our cares on him because he cares for us. See, that's very that's very paramount, very essential for us to understand that a person who doesn't know that God cares for them would carry things that only God can carry. But when a person knows that God cares for them, then they are easily able to cast their cares on. So my question to you is, how much do you know that of God in regards to his care for you? Let's keep going. Many people are being worn down by worry. They are carrying weights only God can carry. The second part of this problem is this. Many people are setting themselves up to worry due to misplaced worship and working out of order. Many are setting themselves up to worry due to misplaced worship and working out of order. Now, what does that mean? Right now, many people are setting themselves up to worry. They may not be in a state of worry right now. They may not be uh, uh, concerned or anxious about anything at the moment, but they're setting themselves up to worry. How? Because of misplaced worship. Worship is not something that happens uh, in a time of, of, of service. Worship is not uh, um, um, positioned at 11 o'clock service. Worship is not in music. Worship is a way of life. God can care less about the worship that comes from your lips. He wants to know the worship that comes from your heart. He can care less about the songs you sing. He wants to know the song that's on your heart. 
And many people that they worship is within a church service, but worship is the way you live. And so many people are living their lives worshiping their career, worshiping their relationships, worshiping their money, and they're setting themselves up to eventually worry. Because let me tell you something about anything else that you build on outside of God. When storms of life hit, you will be uh, uh, hurt. And when we get so consumed with our lives, consumed with money, consumed with all these different components of the world versus being anchored and rooted in God, then we will eventually worry. Let's keep going. Many are setting themselves up to worry due to misplaced worship. Their lives are being anchored on something or someone other than God and working out of order. The issue with a lot of us, the reason why we are this close to being in a state of worry is because we're working out of order. We're either working ahead of God or working behind God, and that will set us up to worry. God wants us to keep in step with the spirit. God wants us to walk with him. God wants us to, 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 to engage and fellowship on this journey. But when we get so caught up in working and, and we working ahead or behind God, we, we set ourselves up to worry. Let me make sure I get into the chat to say hello to some people. Shamik Manny, thank you so much for watching. Hey, what's going on? Hey, family, Jacqueline Mays in the building. Good friend of mine from ORU. Thank you so much for watching. That's right. We got to hand it over. That's right. We got we to hand those cares over to God. Let's continue. Let's get some more points. The definition of worry, let's break it down. The definition of worry is to give way to anxiety or unease or to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Worry by definition is to give way to anxiety or unease or to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Another definition of worry is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. Let's break this down. See, worrying is, is the end of anxiety. In this life, you're going to face difficulty. In this life, you're going to face trouble. In this life, you're going to be anxious. That's a part of life. But when we give way, we are giving uh, ourselves over into the anxiousness. We're giving ourselves over to the anxiety. And now we're in a state of worry. God knows in this life we're going to be anxious. I was a little bit, I was nervous about being a husband. There's a little anxiety about being a father. There's a little anxiousness or anxiety when it comes to preaching. But I can't give way into that and worrying about who's watching, worrying about what people think, worrying about uh, things that only God can control as I parent my child or worrying about what my wife thinks all the time and giving way into overthinking, wondering about if she loves me, etc. That causes too much weight. Right. That's what happens when we give way. We're giving ourselves in to the anxiety in life. You're going to be anxious in life. You're going to be nervous, but we cannot give way. There has to be something installed in the back or the forefront of our minds that reminds us that God's timing is perfect, that God is a present help in the time of trouble, that God is who he says he is. But if we give way, we're basically saying that what we are anxious about or what we are worried about is heavier and bigger than our God. But ladies and gentlemen, newsflash, nothing in this life is bigger than him. What you're concerned about, what you're worried about, what you're giving way into is not bigger than God. But oftentimes we make our issues bigger than the almighty. We make little molehills bigger than our God. And when we lose sight of the grandioseness of God, when we lose sight of the bigness of God and the mighty of God, the all encompassing God, then we'll give way into anxiety. So you go, you are going to be anxious in this life. 
You, what I mean by anxious, there's going to be some nervousness. There's going to be some anxiety. There's going to be some concern. But there has to be some level of understanding that God is who he says he is. Or if not, you will give way to that worry. So worry by definition is to give way to anxiety. We're going to be anxious or not want to say anxious, but there's going to be a, a rising of anxiety. You can't control the rise of an emotion, but you can control the ride of the emotion. Let's break that down. You can't, you're not going to always control the rise of emotion. Emotions are going to rise, but you should let that emotion ride. And the issue is we've been riding these emotional roller coasters for years. And we wonder why we're wasting years and not being in the state of life where we want to enjoy anxiousness is going to rise. Nervousness is going to rise. Sadness is going to rise. Anger is going to rise. But we were not created to let those things ride. The Holy Spirit will put a halt to that energy, put a halt to that momentum through the facts of who God is, through fellowship and through understanding that he is faithful. And when we understand that, we won't give way to anxiety. We won't give way to that anxiousness or unease. Listen, there's going to be situations where you're going to feel uneasy. The Bible says, don't worry about what you're going to say in an hour for I'll give you the words. There's going to be some uneasy seasons. There's going to be some seasons where you're going to be nervous, but we can't give way. Giving way is basically saying that our minds have worshipped this thing for so long. And since we worshipped our career for so long, we worshipped our money for so long, we worship all these things for so long. Then when those things come to the end of its longness, then we're going to be longing for more of it. But that thing comes to an end. And God is at the end of all of our ropes saying that I'm the only one that can give you hope. And so he wants us to let go of all these different things that's increasing dopamine, getting us excited about these these areas of this world, causing us to be stuck here. That if he was to come back today, many of us won't, will be holding on to this life and won't be ready to go with him. But there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be unease. Also, definition of worry is this. It says uh, the allowing of one's mind to dwell on difficulty. When a person allows their mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble, they are in a state of worry. We were never meant to dwell. The only place we were meant to dwell is in his presence. The only place we were meant to dwell is in the wellspring of the spirit of God. We were not meant to dwell on difficulty. God says, consider the lilies, consider the birds, consider all these different things. If they're not worried about when they're going to be dressed or fed, then why are we? We can't allow ourselves to dwell on difficulty or trouble. Also, worry by definition is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. It's a state, which means it's a way of life. It's who I am. I'm worried and anxious about something that's uncertain. If I'm certain about the one who's certain, then there should be no uncertainty in my life. If I'm certain that God is a provider, if I'm certain that God is who he says he is, then there is no uncertainty. But what we do with our idle time will determine what we do uh, when we are pressed or troubled. Right now is a time that we should be building our faith. Right now is where we should be investing in our relationship with God so that when difficulty come, so that when troubles come, we won't fall in or give way into those emotions and let them rot. So there are actual, actual problems in your life that, that would make you concerned. There are actually potential things that will make you concerned. But when you know the God who's above time and who uses every situation around for our good, especially when we love him and are called according to his purpose, then there's no need to worry. Let's continue. 
Let's see here. Let me get my notes up. All right, here we go. Next point. Points on worry. Let's break these down real quickly. Here are some things that we have to understand about worry. Worrying wears down and weighs a lot. Number one, we got to understand is that worrying weighs down or wears down and weighs a lot. I mentioned previously that worrying is too heavy for us. We were not created or built to worry. And the devil knows this. He knows what mental strain can cause in an individual. He knows that we do not have the soulish, mental, emotional capacity to handle concerns or cares. Those things were meant to be tossed on God. Those things were never meant to be in our psyche because we were supposed to be immersed in that fellowship with God, where he becomes our rock, where he becomes our anchor, where we become steady and sturdy, right? So worrying wears down and it weighs a ton. Worrying weighs a lot. Don't you feel when you're in a worry state, you feel heavy because you're concerned about what life, what, what, what life will be tomorrow, concerned about what happened in your life? Next point. Worrying is an unnecessary workload on the mind. Hear me clearly. Worrying is an unnecessary workload on the mind. Before the body is worn out, the mind is. The pathway to disease, the pathway to death in a human's life is the weight that an enemy can put on one's mind. Worrying is an unnecessary workload on the mind. Before the body is worn out, the mind is. The first thing the enemy wears on a believer, wears out on an individual, is their mind. What happens is when a person put their dependence on anything other than the divine, what happens, they become, they, they find their identity in it. When they begin to find their identity in their dependency outside of God, then depression is inevitable. The, once depression has set in in the mind where that person has come to the end of the line, realizing that that thing that they put their hope in is not divine, then all of a sudden depression comes in their mind. Now they're weighted down. Now they're heavy mentally. And people want to call it disorders. And don't get me wrong. There could be some byproducts of that where there is some level of disorder. But what happens is when you can, when you always doctorize a demonic issue, then there is no pill can bring no deliverance. And so what happens is when a mind is overly consumed with this divine thing that they made divine, but it can't, is not divine, then depression sets in the mind, which then opens the door for death. Death is the byproduct or is the end game or the goal of a weighty mind. And so many people, they don't even know they're setting themselves up for that. And, and their minds are being worn over time, over time, over time. And then their body is affected. Worrying is unnecessary. How much time have we wasted worrying? How much time have we wasted worrying? And it's wearing us out. Let's continue. Worrying causes self-inflicting wounds. Worrying causes self-inflicting wounds. When we worry, we are inflicting ourselves. When we worry, we are wounding ourselves. Let's continue. Worrying is rooted in what if and what is. Worrying is rooted in the what ifs and the what is. When we worry, we are basically consumed with the idea of what if. What if this doesn't work out? What if it does work out? Or sometimes we are worried because of what is, what is happening at the moment, what is present. Let's continue. Worrying will lead us into working on things God has already worked out. Worrying will lead us into working on things God has already worked out. That's what I talked about previously. 
When we begin to work on things that God has already worked out, we wear ourselves out because there's certain things that we can't make happen. Now, we can make it happen early, but it won't sustain. So what we have to understand is that we have to let God do what he does best, because if we knew everything that God knew, we will sabotage our own plans. We will sabotage everything. That's why God hides things. That's why God doesn't tell us everything because he knows if he did, then we will be overly pressed to get to that place and overlook our idolatry. The reason why God hides things because he knows how prone the human heart is to idolize, to fall into idolatry. So before God works things out for you, he wants to work things out of you. Before we walk into the manifestation of things that has been worked out for us, God has to use this season right now to work things out of us. And that's what we forget sometimes. Seasons that, pre that are prerequisites to the season we desire cannot be overlooked. God is using your season right now to work things out of you while you walk into things that has been worked out for you. Let's keep going. Last point. Worrying is a waste of time. Simple as that. Worrying is a waste of time. Of times get to the next point. Now, what triggers worry? What triggers worry? I spelled the word worry. Let's talk about this real quickly. What triggers worry? Wealth and a weakened body. W wealth and a weakened body. What tr uh, triggers worry? Wealth. Our desire for money. We are worried about provision. God says we can't serve both Him or money. Some of us, we are wearing ourselves out because we're triggered about the wealth we want and we're pressed with selfish ambition to get there. God doesn't want us to be concerned about money. I love one of the scriptures that's in Psalms says, uh, Father, don't give me too much to where I walk away from you, nor give me too little that I steal. Give me what's fit for me. What if you never make a million dollars? Like God wants to be your source of provision. Wealth should not be a triggering of worry because what if that million dollars keeps you here? What if that million dollars keeps you from fellowship with God? I told God, don't give me a dime above the above my trusting you. Don't give me a dime above it, because if you give me above it, then I will find myself trusting in me. Keep me at an even level or build me up in stewardship, build me up in trusting you to where I can manage money without getting funny. You see what I'm saying? So what triggers worry? Wealth, the lack thereof, or the desire of it. That's what triggers worry. What also triggers worry? A weakened body. When you feel pain in your body, you start worrying. <laughs> you start going to WebMD. <laughs> WebMD is the devil. You just have a headache, and you, you about, it tells you your face about to fall off. All you had was a headache, but the WebMD says your face going to fall off in the next 24 hours. But some of us, we are triggered. Our worry, we, trigger, we are triggered into worrying due to a weakened body. The enemy knows that if I can wear your mind down and then wear your body out, then I can compound on top of that worry, issues and pain in your body. Some people are triggered. Their worry is triggered or they're triggered to worry due to a weakened body. Oh, the opinions of others. The opinions of what triggers worry, the opinions of others and demonic oppression. Some of us right now, we are worried about what our what people will think of us. We are worried about how people view it. Listen, listen, listen. Let me get myself on the big screen. The only opinion that matters is God. The only opinion that matters is God. Some of us, we are dying right now from the rejections of others. Because we want their acceptance so bad, we are setting ourselves up to be depressed or be downcasted by their rejection. Listen. 
the only acceptance I need is God. Therefore, I don't have to worry about being rejected by God. So I don't have to worry about the opinions of others when I've been accepted by God. We're supposed to be working from acceptance, not for acceptance. The issue is we're looking for acceptance from this community group, from these people, from this person. And then when they reject us because they're flawed and fallen, then we're going to fall with that, with that rejection, right? But God says, I accept you. Don't worry about anybody else's opinion and don't even consume yourself from the opinions of people whose life doesn't match what you after. Why are we so consumed with people's opinions and they don't even have no opinion of their own selves? We have allowed social media to trigger us because these people, all their success is, is in their posts. But when they get offline, their life sucks. We cannot allow ourselves to be consumed by the opinions of others and we worried about we are worrying about what people think who cares about what people think what also triggers worry demonic oppression demons know where faith is small demon goals where faith is small demon goals where there's false securities and where there's a lack of trust in god and they will oppress people they'll use what their mama said they'll use what their dad said they'll use what their dad didn't say they'll use what their mama didn't say they'll use all these different things to oppress you and that causes worry let's keep going the first r reality what triggers worry, reality and relationships. Some of us, we are, are, are worried or in a worried state because of the reality of life. Yeah, life may suck right now, but don't get anchored in this chapter. Trust the one who has the pen. Trust the one who's typing out your story. I don't care how real reality is. God is the real deal. We don't have to worry about um, um, uh, um, what's going on right now because we're not plugged into this world. The only people who should be worried about the state of the world or worried about the reality in their life are those who are plugged into the system. When Corona hit last year, I wasn't worried. There, there was some anxiety, but I didn't fall into worry because I knew that God, I, I knew God was my source. So what happens, I made more money last year. All of my family's well. Everything is good. I didn't feel the effects of the pandemic. The only effects of the pandemic I felt is what is that I couldn't get a bucket when I wanted to. I couldn't go to the gym when I wanted to. I couldn't play basketball like I used to. That's the only thing that affected me last year because I'm not plugged into this world system. It doesn't matter what they say about this virus. It doesn't matter what they say about life. I'm not rooted here. I'm not plugged here. But when you're plugged into the system and you your identity's in your job and your job is your source, your revenue streams are your source, your entrepreneurial endeavors are your source, then you will be a little anxious with the world, with the affairs of the world. Because wherever the world goes, that's where you go. But I'm plugged into the kingdom, man. I'm plugging to God. So it doesn't matter what happens here. I'm just an ambassador here. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Shirts available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I'm a pilgrim passing through. I don't live here. I'm unplugged. I'm going up yonder. See what I'm saying? I'm working for God here. And if I'm working for God here, God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. We forget that we are on assignment. God is not here to endorse or pay for your false or a carnal aspirations. He is here to fund assignments. My job is not trying to fund my aspirations if they send me to another city. If my job right now, my principal right now sends me to a conference in another state, 
Her, the school is not going to pay for my housing aspirations. They're not going to pay for uh, uh, the house I may want there or my a car I may want there. No, they're not going to. They're not going to fund that. They're only going to fund what's going to help support their assignment. They're going to make sure I have the food that I need. They're going to make sure I have the temporary housing I need. They're going to make sure I have a rental car. They're going to provide everything I need for that assignment. They're not going to provide all my carnal and worldly aspirations. And that's why many people walk away from God. That's why a lot of people are mad at God because God ain't here to fund your carnal aspirations. He's not. He's here to fund Christ-centered assignments. So when you find the will of God, you will flood into the wealth of God to provide for what you are sent here to do. So it doesn't matter what the reality is in your life. If you plug into God, everything will turn out to be all right. What also has a lot of people worried, relationships or the lack thereof. So many people are worried about relationships. A lot of single people right now are worried. Will I get married? Will I have children? Uh, will I find that man of God? Will I find that woman of God? Um, a rude awakening is this. Not everybody's going to get married. Because not everybody's willing to be married to God. See, so what I mean by that is this. I can only attest. Now, people will get married. They'll, they'll, they'll find love, all that kind of stuff. But we're talking about God-centered marriages. Like, God promotes preparation. God promotes according to his will. That's why if you're a single person right now, if you're rooted in God's will and you have a desire to be married and you're following the things of God and you're not idolizing the idea of relationships, but you're uh, uh, connected to the individual who's the God of all relationships, then I promise you, God will supply that need. But if you're out here idolizing marriage, uh, uh, not maximizing your singleness, not doing what you're supposed to do right now to prepare yourself to be that husband, to be that wife, to be that parent, then it ain't going to happen from God. Now, you can make it happen, but it ain't going to come from God. But so many people right now are worried about relationships or they're worried about will their marriage turn around. Listen, if you got kindness in your heart, the love of God flooding through your heart, the Bible says if one person in the household is saved, that house, the whole household has the potential to be saved. So God's not, God doesn't want you worried about relationships. He doesn't want you worried about that. He wants you to be engaged and invested in your uh, prominent relationship. And that's with him. Right. Let's keep going. What triggers worry? The second R, an unrenewed or rotting mindset. An unrenewed mind or a rotting mindset is what triggers worry. When you're following certain thought patterns and you're not really sharp mentally in the things of God, you're not feeding your mind the right things, then those things are going to trigger worry. Because what happens when you get to a place in life and you don't have the scriptures to combat it? What happens to when you get to a place of life and you don't got the faith to combat it? Worry is going to creep in. Anxiety is going to rise. And then you're going to be weighted out top heavy, flooded into anxiety, causing worry because you don't know how to figure this out. You didn't take time to understand um, um, that God's a provider, that that God supplies needs, that God is who he says he is, that he's a president at the time of trouble. If you don't have that, then when you get to that place of life and life punches you in the face and you don't have nothing to throw back at it, you're going to fall into worry. You're going to be triggered into worry. What happens if you lose your job today? Do you fully know that God can provide? Don't get me wrong. You're going to be sad, but you're not going to be depressed. If you lost your job right now, what would be your reaction? If you lost the love of your life and they walked away, what would be your reaction? If you come to find out that all these things were to occur and that day that you that you wish didn't happen comes, what will come out of you? What would be your response? Whatever you soaked in, your soul as a sponge, when life squeezes, it will come out. And if all you've been putting in you is TikTok, Instagram, uh, uh, 
selfish ambition, all these different things that the world is feeding you through your social media feeds. Like I said yesterday, watch where you feed. Uh, condition your social media where you feeding on the things of God, feeding on things that are going to help you be nurtured and, and full of nutrients for where you want to go in life. But so many people, if they step right into a bad situation, they won't know what to do. Right after Jesus was was validated by his father, uh, uh, um, uh, was was the spirit of God descending on him like a dove. Everybody in that in that area at that lake knew that it was the son of God. Right. The mark says right after that, he was driven into the wilderness. He was pushed into the wilderness. Why? He had to be worked out. He had to be at a place of pressing to see what will happen when he's tempted. The reason why we go deeper into temptation, because we don't trust the way of escape. So the issue is the reason why we worry is because our minds are not being renewed. And then when our minds are not renewed and we're right dab in the center of a troubling, difficult situation, a situation is uneasy, we're going to worry. Either your mind is being transformed or conformed, either it's being renewed or it's being ruined. What also triggers worry? Recent events or world events. Recent events can trigger worry. The, the virus, that's why I don't watch the news. I don't got time to watch. I'm not plugged here. A thousand may fall at my left, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. He gives his angels charge over me. No weapon formed against me in any part of my being shall prosper. It may be formed, but it won't prosper. I have a purpose. People who have a purpose are not easily pressed, even no matter what comes through the press. No matter what comes through the news press, no matter what comes through, they're not pressed because they have a purpose. They are, they are positioned here as ambassadors from the kingdom of God, so they're not worried. But if you're worried about recent events and world events and all that kind of stuff, you're going to be triggered to worry. What also triggers worry? Years and you. Or oh, I added this later on. What happened when you when we were younger? Years or time. What triggers worry? Time. God is taking a long time, man. We start getting worried. God, I thought you I thought you would be here by now. We start to worry. God, I'm getting old and I still don't have no man. I don't still have no wife. We start to worry. When we start to worry, we started working. Worrying leads us to working on things we shouldn't. I don't care how much time passed. You could be ready for years, but it doesn't mean it is God's timing. See, I don't matter how long you've been ready, no matter how long you've been proven mature, some things ain't based upon your maturity. Some things is based upon God's timing. Is it God's timing yet? Don't worry about how many years have passed. Look at Sarah. Look at all these people who had babies late. It was about his timing. There are certain markers that God has for certain people's lives that mean something generationally. God doesn't just look at you. He thinks about generations. God, if God comes a day before his timing, it can affect generations. Jesus came at the right time. At the pinnacle, at the moment that it was the perfect time for him to come. <clears throat> and so many people are waiting for things to come, but they're not trusting God's timing. God's timing is perfect. So I know a lot of years have passed. I know for me, man, I've been in ministry for 14 years, 13, 14 years. I haven't had, I have maybe one viral moment. I haven't really, I'm not at the top pinnacles of success in ministry, quote unquote, and I don't want it. Right. Because you don't know what you got to do to be at the top there. Not everybody. That's where the wolves work. The wolves are wolves are easily promoted. That's where the wolves wolves work at. So I'm not trying to be up there with the wolves. Right. But 
I'm not looking at, I, I'm unplugged from that. I don't care about if I'm going to ever get a million subscribers, if I'm going to ever get a million followers. Am I going, who cares? But that's tough. When you live in a world where the, those type of metrics mean more than the metrics of heaven, but we got to move based upon the metrics of heaven. What does eternity say? Not what, what the earth says. And sometimes when these years go by, 14, 13, 15 years, and you're still, and what God is teaching us or teaching me is that if you can't serve three, how can you serve 3,000? If you can't serve three well, how can you serve 3 million? Right? So God is saying, man, don't worry about the years. Don't worry about that. Be with me. Let's keep it going. Years and you, what triggers worry? Us. <laughs> We trigger worry. We be trigger. We be we be triggering our own selves. I ain't gonna waste too much time on that. But what happened when we were younger also triggers worry. What happened when we were kids trigger worry. What our parents said or what they didn't say, we worry. Will I where will I ever mount up to the standards of my parents? Will I ever be anything? We're worried about that. Let's keep going for time's sake. Let's pull up some scriptures real quick. Let me get my scriptures up real quick. We can't. We got to break. Make sure we break down some things that's going to benefit us scripture wise. And I'm going a little bit longer than I thought. Um, but let's see what the Bible says about worry. The word of God says, uh, let's go here. <clears throat> it's a command. The first thing we see is a command. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. God's saying, I'm telling you straight up, don't be anxious about anything. Of course, the almighty can say that. Of course, the almighty can say that. Only the almighty can say that. Only God can look at us and say, hey, don't be anxious about nothing. That's why I say worrying is offensive to a God who could do anything. When I have children, and one day I will, if I have proven for years to be a good father, to be a good provider, they have all the meals they need. They have all the water they need. The juice too. My wife probably give them juice. I'd be like, no, drink, drink your water. But my wife probably will give them some juice. But if I provide them all the food, the water, the shelter, nice home, nice life, provide everything, I will be offended. They come to me and say, dad, where's the food? Dad, I'm hungry. Dad, I don't, you're not providing well. Dad, 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 I'm starving. What? No, you're not. You eating. You big as me. Your chicks is wild like mine. You fool. I would be offended. The same as with God. I'm not saying God is offended, but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Like God said, I am the almighty one. I can do anything. I can get anything done. The issue is, is it or will it be glorifying me? He says, do not be anxious about anything. But he continues, says, but in everything. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but don't get it twisted. You can come to me about everything. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, he says, man, the only way we can get rid of anxiety and worry is to be grateful. Gratitude has a way of changing our attitude. We have to be more grateful. When we, when we with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, that means he says, come to me about everything. Talk to me. What's bothering you? What's hurting you? Come to me about everything. But if you're going to come with me with it, come with thanksgiving, because that has a way of, of transforming you. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known, he's saying. Let Talk to me. Let your requests be made known to me. He says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's paramount. 
It says, let your request be made known to God. It says, and then the peace. God doesn't guarantee the product immediately, but he guarantees his peace immediately. The issue is we want the product immediately, but we don't understand that confirmation comes before the product. When you purchase a product from Amazon, what comes first? An email, a confirmation number. Confirmation says your order has been placed. Your order is being fulfilled. The only difference between Amazon and the almighty God is that God doesn't tell you when the package is coming. The peace lets you know he heard. That's, the, that's all I need to erase my worry is that he heard me. Do you not know that the God of the universe hears you? I, I go sleep at night when I know, when I feel that peace, that peace is confirmation into my uh, uh, email, into my heart, right? Letting me know that God heard me. And if he heard me, cool, that's all you know. Then the Bible says, then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's important. God's peace will let you know, despite what you understand right now, the lack thereof, my peace surpasses that. And not only will my peace surpass your understanding, it will guard your heart and mind in who? Christ Jesus. It will guard it. Peace. Don't, see, the, the, God is a realist. God knows that he needs to see the sin to guard your way. He needs to send something that's going to guard you because he knows that there are going to be certain seasons that's going to be pressuring. He knows it's going to be certain seasons that's going to be tough. He knows it's going to be certain seasons gonna be, that's going to last longer than you desire. But God says, I'm going to let, I'm going to give you my peace. It's going to guard you because I'm not going to take you out of this season. <laughs> I'm not going to take you out of this pruning. I'm not going to take you out of this because this season matters. So God said, I'm going to give you my peace. That's what I'm going to do. Number one, surpass your understanding. You're not going to be able to comprehend why you, a faithful follower of God, has to go through this. It's not going to make perfect sense why this person walked out on you, why this person left. But things make sense over time. So God says, my peace lets you know that I heard you. I hear you. Now, I got to let that peace be so thick and so dense that it actually guards you and surpasses your understanding. God said, you're not going to comprehend my peace. You're not going to comprehend what I'm piecing together for you. So grab this peace while I'm piecing things together for you, right? It has to surpass my understanding because God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So it always surpasses understanding. So I got to rest in that. I may not get the product. I may not get the people. I may not get the position right now. You may not get those things right now, but you have to understand that his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So you got to sit back and relax saying, I don't understand what's going on, but I got his peace. And whatever God's doing surpasses my maturity, surpasses my understanding. So I ain't going to worry about it. It also says, and will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. It will guard you. That's important. God in the center guard because he, he need, I need it. You know, when you go through certain seasons, when you press and you got to see that, that husband that walked out on you, you got to see that wife that walked out on you. You got to see your singleness every day. You got to see this job that you want, uh, that you're more qualified than. You got to see this every day. It will guard your heart and mind from getting carried away. See what I'm saying? So I need peace to guard. I need peace to be like, nah, fam, this job is a per there's a reason for this. There's a reason for this season. We need that guard. Let's keep going. And it says the peace of God. Oh, let me pull up. It says, and the peace of God, peace of God. <laughs> it's not like a game. Peace of God, which surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ. Only in Christ can we receive that peace. 
The reason why we don't have peace is because we're not willing to go where the Prince of Peace wants to take us. We got to be willing to uh, 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 to be where God wants, because what if the job you're at right now, you were meant to be a peacemaker there? What if the season right now you're being used as a person of peace to be a peacemaker? Let's keep going. That scripture is what I wanted to share with y'all today. Let me get my notes back up so I can get done in the next five or seven minutes. Uh, or I might do a part two. Let me know in the comments if y'all getting something from this. Let me know what y'all learning from this. Uh, let me know that, that this is a blessing to you. Uh, let's keep going. What triggers worry? Wealth in, in a weakened body. The, uh, the opinions of others and demonic oppression, reality and relationships, an unrenewed or rotting mindset or recent events, years and ourselves are what hinders, uh, what triggers worry and what we, what happened when we were young. Let's keep going. <clears throat> now, how to defeat worry. Now, I probably got 10 more minutes. How to defeat worry. W. I got a lot of points up on the W. The, this this first set of W's could could have been the whole points. Now, how do we defeat worry? The first point. Ask yourself why are you worried in the first place. How to defeat worry? Number one, you got to ask yourself why are you worried in the first place. What is the root of your worry? What is it that you're worshiping? That's what we got to process. You got to ask yourself why. Why are you worried? What is the root reason? Is it insecurities? Is it inadequacies? Is it idolatry? What is the root reason? Are you worried because you know, what you worship right now did not come through, right? Next, you got to write down your worries. Write them down. Sometimes when you leave worries in your heart, they'll weigh you down. They'll get caught up into your emotions and you'll be confused. So what you got to do, you got to write down those worries. Write them down what you're worried about. The next point, you need to go to the word of God and weigh them side by side. Why are you worried? Find the root reason. Find the things that you worship more than God. Number two, write them down so you can see them on paper. And then go to the word of God and weigh them side by side. Look at your worry. You can go to openbible.info, type in scriptures that pertains to the very thing that you're worried about, and then weigh them side by side. And next, work through them. In order to defeat worry, you gotta take. You gotta be uh, aggressive. Be be aggressive. You like Chile say. You gotta be aggressive. You gotta take initiative. If you want this thing out of your life, you gotta work this thing out of your life, right? So you gotta ask yourself, why are you worried? What is the root reason? Why are you worshiping this thing? Then you gotta write down your worries. Write them down. See them side by side with the Word of God. Weigh them. Weigh them, <clears throat> right? And then work through them. <clears throat> You got to work through them. Meditate on the word of God. Uh, 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 stopping yourself when you're worried and processing that worry. And then couple with that the word of God to erase that, right? The next W is worship God only and only work on what you can control. How you defeat worry? Worship God only. It's only God that I worship. You got to detach yourself from your money, detach yourself from your relationship, detach yourself from being identified with anything created or imitated. You got to identify yourself with the, with the one that created you. You got to worship God on this. You got to do some soul searching. You got to look at your heart and be like, who or what do I worship more than God? That's going to set me up to either worry or be or it's causing my worry currently. And also what defeats worry is that you can you only should work on what you can control. I can't work on my future. I can work towards my future. I can work on my future. You know what I mean by that. But I can't I can't I can't go into my future and change things. 
I don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow has its own cares. Oh, man. When you worry about tomorrow and you don't take care of today's cares, then the cares compound on each other. If you don't take care of what you're worrying today, then you're going to carry the worries of the day with tomorrow's worries or cares. Tomorrow's got its own troubles. Tomorrow's got its own difficulties. And if I don't make it a discipline to daily defeat my difficulties through faith in God, then when tomorrow's difficulties come and then they compound on top of each other, then it's going to be even more difficult. And the devil loves that. He loves compounded difficulties. He loves compounded situations. He loves for us to worry so much about tomorrow that we never take care of today. And then about time we're five years down the road, the, the worry is so monumentous and we have no discipline, no reference point on how to overcome it. We don't have no strong spiritual life. We don't got no strong spiritual disciplines. We don't know who we are in Christ. And then it is impossible for a person to get over it. Because now that person for years did not build their equity in their relationship with God, did not uh, fill their chamber, their bullets, their, uh, their chamber with bullets, with, 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 which is the word of God. They're not prepared for war. And then when their mind psychologically through psychological warfare has been compounding each other, then people start going to drugs. Then people start going to alcohol. They start going to all these different things. And then when it gets into the chemicals of the body, then the person is even worn down in their body, chemically addicted to all these different things. Now you go to a doctor, they medicate you. And now you depend on the medication to overcome anxiety. But that medication side effects is causing other weakness in your body, which then compounds even more, more worry in your life. So you see where this gets? <clears throat> and that's what happens when we walk away from God and do Let's continue. Ask yourself, why are you worried? Write down your worries. Go to the word of God and weigh them side by side and work through them. Worship God only and only work on what you can control. Let's get to O. Observe your obedience to God and become one with what he wants you to do. In order to defeat worry, oh, we have you have to observe your obedience. Are you in obedience with God? The steps of a good man are ordered by God. Remember the song, order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Lead me, guide me every way, etc. Right? Send your anointing, Father. I pray. <laughs> order my steps in your word, right? I gotta observe my obedience. Am I in obedience to God? Because if I'm not, I'm setting myself up to worry. The way I defeat worry is when I know I'm in the will of God. Why worry when I'm in the will? Why worry when I've given God the wills, the will to my life, the will to my car, the will to my vehicle, my vessel? When, when Observe your obedience to God. Are you in obedience to God? Are you doing what God doing daily? Some of us, we look at obedience based upon purpose, capital P. But what about purpose, lowercase p? There's purposes for every day. There's a way we're supposed to live every day, but we get so caught up on purpose, capital P, and why that's not manifesting in life, but we forget about what we're supposed to do every day. Observe your obedience to God and become one with what he wants you to do. Desire God's will more than anything. Desire to be in it, because when you desire to be in it, you have a more opportunity to see it. If you desire to be in it, you will have you will uh, be more keenly to be able to see it. If you want to be in it, you will you will be. It's easier to see it. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's keep going. Let me get my notes up. How to defeat worry? Are come into realization that God cares about you personally. Yes, he cares about the whole world, but he cares about you personally. He knows the hair on your head. He knows I'm bald, but he knows what's there. 
You got to come into the realization that God cares about you personally and is there for you to cast your cares on. When you know that God cares for you, it's easy to cast your cares. How you defeat worry every time or defeat anxiety as well is that you got to come into realization that God cares about you and is personally there for you. And if you know that he's there for you, God, God is literally right. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. I can literally be like, boop. If I'm if I'm if I'm facing a situation right now, <clears throat> let's say when me and my wife have children and thoughts try to creep in, the devil's gonna send thoughts, demons gonna send thoughts, or it may just come deep within, just insecurities that I didn't know that was there. That's one thing about life. You're gonna live life and insecurities are gonna rise, but you shouldn't let insecurities ride. Like I'm gonna be insecure a little bit. I never been a, I never been a dad before. I, I didn't have a dad in my home like that every day to see what it's like to be a father, right? So it's gonna be some insecurities. But there should be something that comes immediately that says, no, 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 no. Huh. I'm going to cast it on God. The Bible says that uh, I don't have to worry about what I have to say. He'll be there. God was God. You know, God is so omnipresent that he's in your future right now. <clears throat> God's omnipresence is eternal, not earthly, which means that his omnipresence is in your future right now. God is literally in your future right now. He's in your future. So if he's in my future, I'm not worried. If he's in, he's in the doctor's room right now where my child is being born and I'm not there. Yet. He's already there. He's already there at that, at that, uh, 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 a job interview for you. He's already there. God is already there at the altar where you, where you want to be with your wife. He's already there. God's already there. So I'm not worried about there. I'm working on here. You can't spell there without here. You're not going to get there without here. So if God is already there, I'm going to embrace him here. God is already there at that interview for you. God is already there at that altar for you. God is already there when your baby is being born. He's already there. So it doesn't matter who wasn't there for you. Just know God is already there for you. So no matter if you step into a role that you're not comfortable in, you stepping into a career you're not comfortable in, you stepping into a job or a career that you know you're not qualified for uh, by paper, you have no degrees, but God still made a way for you. You don't got to worry. Right now, I got a job that I don't. I'm not qualified for by paper. I don't have a college degree. I don't have a master's degree. I don't, but I have history. I may not have a degree, but I got a thorough history. And people are so caught up on getting degrees that they don't develop a history that says, yo, you were actually qualified. So I don't get so caught up in the mystery of God. I just know that he orders my steps. So why worry? So why worry if he's already there? Who cares who wasn't there for you? God was there for you then. He's here for you now. And he's already in your future. So why worry? <laughs> God qualifies. I ain't worrying about it. I just know this job came and found me. <laughs> and I'm not going to worry about am I qualified? Get nervous when a student comes in for counseling and I'm sitting there. Oh, what should I say? Nah, fam, I got 14 years of history. I got 14 years of his story, his story for my life. I ain't worried about that. Yes, I don't feel qualified, but he'll make a way. He always make a way because if, if whoever qualifies you can expire you. So if God qualifies me, nobody can fire me because you can't fire me from my calling, baby. You can't fire your boy from my calling. You can fire me from a career. You can fire me from a job, but you can't fire me from my calling. And if I answer the call of God, it doesn't matter. I've never been fired a day in my life. I've been let go once from Wells Fargo, but then it opened another door for me to get somewhere else. 
So what I'm saying is every job from when I came from Oral Roberts University and the issue with the Wells Fargo job, I went for that job. Every other job came towards me. <clears throat> and so what I'm saying is when you when you know that God is there, you won't worry about being worn out with worry. Let's keep going. Uh, so the second R, you got to renew your thinking patterns. You have to renew your thinking patterns and replace your negative thoughts with the right ones. That's simple. Y'all know. I, I appreciate I've been taught a lot of this. So you know that. But for those who may be the first time, you got to renew your thinking patterns. Thinking patterns will develop the pathway of your life. Thinking patterns. Think. Let me do this real quickly. Thinking thoughts come unaware. The issue is not in a thought because a thought is just a seed. The thinking is where the sin is. The thinking is where the issue is because thinking then becomes the rain to that seed as a thought. Then when that thought gets enough life and enough uh, from the thinking that you gave in thinking energy to, it grows and sprouts into a tree and then it becomes a stronghold. Then it becomes a thought pattern. Now you start thinking this way. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she. So what the word of God saying, you are what you think. You're not the thought. You are what you think. You're not what the thought is. So the devil wants you to identify with the thought. He wants you to identify with the thought so that you can choose to think, so that your thinking will make a contract, will make an agreement with the thought, so that you can then start identifying with. That's why you shouldn't think on everything. You are not your thoughts. You are what you think on. You are not your thoughts. You are your thought patterns. You are not your thoughts. You are your thought patterns. Thought patterns are developed from thinking habits. Right. So if you choose to think on negative things, think on things that are below and not above, think on things that are unlovely and not lovely, you start thinking on these different things, then you over time will follow those things. Those thought patterns right now ahead of you are thought patterns. Your thought patterns will determine where your the paths your feet walk on. So you have to let God renew those thinking patterns. You got to change the way you think and replace those negative thoughts with the right ones. Now, last one, I got to go. Why? Yield. Yield your life to God so that you will know what and when to build and what fills the tent. Simple as that. Yield your life to God. How to defeat worry? I I stopped worrying when I realized that this thing is bigger than me. I yield my life to God. Here, God, here's my life, man. I can't. When I try to do it all, when I try to do it all in my ministry, I try to do everything. I was, I was, I gained a lot of weight. I lost a lot of weight. I was all over the place. My weight was all over the place. I was just all over the place uh, because ministry was my idol. I didn't know that God was using that as a season to wean me off my, uh, my idolatry. But 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 when I realized, yo, fam, because I, I was rushing for a million subscribers. I was rushing, working for a million subscribers. I, I, wanted, I wanted the biggest YouTube. I, wanted, I just wanted it bad. And God's like, do you want it bad? Because do you know that some people have to bend over to get what you want badly? Do you want to bend over? Do you want to do certain things to get there? Do you want to be a certain, a certain part of part of certain orgies and certain clubs? Do you really want it that bad? Right? The most high can see everything. The most high can see the highest point you desire to reach. And he'll, he's going to let you know. You Do you do you really want to go all the way up there? Because anything you want badly, you will do bad things to have it. Right? And so when I realized, hey, man, if I wanted to do it, God, when, if I want to do it God's way, I got to let God pave the way. And I let my ministry go. And it's been taken off ever since. Is it taking off according to world's end? No, but it's impacting thousands of people. Just this month, 13, 14,000 people watching my videos on YouTube. Uh, you see what I'm saying? So it's, I don't care about the millions. I care about the people that will, who are in front of If 13,000 times 13,000 is what? If I impact one person, that one person impact another per per person, that multiplies. See what I'm saying? 
That's what matters. But you got to yield your life over to God. That's right. Everything that glitters ain't gold, man. Everything that glitters ain't gold. I want things that's real. I don't want things that look real. I want things that are real, is real. <laughs> yield your life to God so that you will know what and when to build. Like, I yield my life to God because he'll let me know. He letting me know when to build my marriage. It was a perfect timing. Everything happened perfectly. And he taught me what to build, how to build this ministry, not to build like the world. That, that's right. That's right. Quality over quantity. I rather build quality people than to reach a quantity, a certain amount of people. I rather build strong people than to than to build a ministry strong because of the people there and not because the people are actually strong. And, and what fills the tent? See, I don't, when I yield my life to God, I know what fills it. I ain't going to tear no other woman's yard. I'm going to tear my wife's yard. <laughs> you know what's going to cause worry? Side A side piece? See, I, I, I'm a one plate, man. I, I call my wife lasagna because lasagna is my favorite dish. You know why? Ain't no sides on the lasagna plate. <laughs> there may be a roll, but ain't no, stop, stop. I don't, I don't need, I don't, my wife's on no fried chicken. My wife ain't no roasted chicken with some mashed potatoes on the side. My, I don't got time. My wife's a lasagna. My life, my wife's spaghetti. There's only one meal on this plate. No side. There's no sides with lasagna. I only want, I only like salad like that. No side salad at all. My wife's lasagna. But if I got, if I got two yards, I got a 10. I'm over here. got a 10, my wife. And then I got a 10, my side piece. Then all of a sudden I'm going to be worried. Oh, and then my phone gonna always be like this. My phone's gonna be hidden. I'm gonna be changing passwords all the time. That's too much. That's too much work. So I'm just gonna stick with my lasagna. If I got eat, if I gotta eat Italian food all the time, that's cool. If if my wife's just gonna be, if all I gotta eat is pizza, if all I gotta eat is lasagna, spaghetti all my life, fine. I only want one because that's enough right there. Add another woman to it, y'all by yourselves. Y'all enough. <laughs> Fellas, don't let lust take you. Don't let lust take you to more than enough. <laughs> don't, ladies, don't let don't let lust take you to more than enough. You don't got time for that. I I'm, I only want to tend the fields that God has me. If God says Charlotte is what I want you for, Josh, if I know, of course, I'm reaching beyond Charlotte. But if God says, like right now at my church, I'm I'm tending, or the field that my pastor wants me to tend is 16 to 18 rows. I'm also tending the fields of, of my high school, middle school. I'm not going to worry about five other schools. I'm not going to try to go tend those other schools. What's going to happen to the kids in the school that I'm with? If, if, if 16, 18 year olds is all that I'm going to serve, it don't matter if I'm serving for the next 10 years of my life. I'm content. I ain't trying to be nobody's pastor. I'm not trying to, be, I'm not trying to start no church. You know what I'm saying I'm not trying to do more than what I'm supposed to do right now. If the if the field that God wants me to tend is only this, that I'm gonna be here. I don't have no aspirations above that. I really don't. I really don't. I don't. I don't. People be asking. People be calling me pastor. People be going, we gonna start church. I don't. I'm with these 16 to 18 year olds. I'm with y'all on YouTube. I'm with the kids at my school. That's it. And if God wants to add more acres, he'll add more acres when it's time. Many of us, we're looking at the land flowing. Look, we're looking at all these lands and we start we start expanding beyond our time. Let's keep going. Well, that's it. Is that all my notes? Yeah. So how to defeat worry? 
first point is ask yourself why are you worried? Write down your worries. Go to the word and weigh them side by side and work through them. Worship God only and only work on what you can control. Oh, observe your obedience to God and become one with him. He wants you to do. Become one with what he wants you to do. Come to realization that God cares about you personally and is there for you to cast your cares on, right? Or renew your thinking patterns and replace your negative thoughts with the right ones. And why yield your life to God so that you will know what and when to build and what fills the tent. Oh, sorry. Last point. Work on you. How to defeat worry. Work on you. And enjoy it. And enjoy your life right now. Listen, I know that I'm going to enjoy life down the road. It's going to be amazing. But you know what's amazing right now? My life right now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the journey. The joy of the Lord. Not the end of the journey is what I'm saying. The joy of the Lord now is your strength. And so work on you, man, and enjoy your life. Let's get it. That's, that's why so many fail. God is not with them. You're right. Listen, I don't want to. Listen, I'm in the anointing business. I don't got time to be in the talent business. This ministry with doing things for God is anointing. Anointing destroys the yokes, that talent. I don't got time. Don't have time. I have to be with God. <clears throat> he said, mine will be 16 year, years this July again, coach. Okay, great, great. Uh, are y'all, do I know you? You're in the Charlotte area. I may have to tap into your doers only. Yeah, please do. Yeah, for those who don't know about my Patreon, make sure y'all check it out, man. What What's going on right now is that uh, in the future, there are some things in my life that is going to probably take time away from me doing one-on-one coaching a lot. And I may have time to do that for older clients or whatever. But for those who want coaching of any kind, go to Patreon right now. And type in Joshua Ezzy, and it's called the For Doers Only Patreon. It's for those who want to be doers of God's word, doers in a purpose. They just want to do better uh, because of who God has made them to be. Check out the link below uh, or just go to patreon.com. Type in Joshua Ezzy, and, and that's going to be my coaching hub. So it's different price brackets, um, $8. No matter where you are financially, you get some level of coaching. I do a Zoom call every Saturday at 2 o'clock where people really get an hour and a half, two hours of my time, and I coach them. They ask, so you know, I do live Q&As on YouTube, but they but they are short. They're like five minutes. You get 20, 30 minutes of my time. Usually about 20, 25 minutes per question. And so if you want that one-on-one coaching, <clears throat> I have an $8 tier, I have a $25 tier, a $35 tier. Uh, the $50 tier, you get merch. The $125 tier, you get more exclusive one-on-one coaching. So if you want to pay $125, uh, per month, you'll get exclusive coaching from me, where it's like an hour and a half of my time, just you. $50 gets you merch. $125 gets you merch. But the other price brackets, you can give whatever you want to give. You don't have to give eight. You can give nine. You can give 12. You can give whatever you can give. You give. But you're guaranteed some level of coaching from me. So I love you all. I got to go. It's getting hot. It's getting hot, man. It's 80-something degrees in Charlotte. I'm in the upper room, too, so the, the heat is rising. Anyway, I love you all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, website is iamunplugged.com. Check it out there. I got books, card games, all that good stuff there. Uh, uh, coaching resources, all that good stuff. So make sure you check it out. I got books. If you're looking for, if you have issues with soul ties, I got this book here called The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties, Uproot Strongholds. If you are in a dating relationship, I got a book called Dating Prep and a card game that goes with it. Or you got to purchase it separately. Um, uh, items sold separately, <laughs> but you get the dating prep book. Uh, helps you date yourself, date God, and, and become dateable for the for the person, the love of your life. 
If you are uh, in your singleness, I got the book called The Purpose of Singleness. Great book here. A lot of other books as well. Check out my website, IamUnplugged.com. The red book right there is a book on spiritual warfare. So, and uh, my children's book is the one in the top right corner. So I got seven books on uh, my uh, website, IamUnplugged.com. Thank you all so much for your generosity. You guys are a generous uh, community. Thank you all for your support. Y'all support goes a long ways. Helping uh, me with the young people at my school. I support my school with that. Um, with helping kids with the entrepreneurial endeavors, help them propel into their purpose, as well as you help me to really create more content in regards to books, card games, it costs to do those things. Uh, and so I appreciate y'all being so generous. Y'all are such a generous community and I love y'all for that. I appreciate y'all for that. However you give, whether it's through a like, comment or share, all forms of giving, I really appreciate. Uh, but I love you all. Y'all be blessed. Check, make sure I got some more comments here. God bless you too. God bless you. Um, the card games would be nice. Yeah, I got some great card games, one on dating prep, one on helping you memorize scripture. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless y'all. Y'all take care. I'll see y'all next time. Uh, I think that's it. And peace.